0: Every time a missile misses its target, a train derails, or a faulty airbag fails to save a life, we wonder whether these failures, which can sometimes reach catastrophic proportions, are caused by a counterfeit part that may have infiltrated the supply chain. Welcome to People to People, working together for your safety with host Stan Salat. Stan has the answers to your questions on protecting yourself and the safety of your loved ones, including your pets. Don't miss out. Now, here is Stan Salat.
1: Hello and welcome to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. Our show today is toxins and how bodies, yes, toxins and our bodies, I get that right, guide to uh, optimal health. A recent study by the Environmental Working Group in conjunction with the Red Cross conducted blood test on the... Uh, Of babies, there was an average of two hundred and eighty-seven chemicals tested in each tested for in each uh, specimen. These chemicals included toxic, heavy metals, solvents, pesticides, herbicides, and industrial chemicals. Approximately. 180 of these substances are cancer-causing, 217 are toxic to the brain and nervous system, and 208 are known to cause birth defects. Worried? so we are, so are we. In order to address this pressing concern, we are starting a series of um, explore the effects of toxins on your collective well-being. I have today Dr. Sean Carpenter as my guest, and we're, we will be talking about um, toxins, the effects of toxins on the human body, and all things uh, related to that. Dr. Carpenter is a board-certified emergency physician and two-times cancer survivor. As we launch this monthly series, topics covered will include the relationship between toxins and diseases and ways we can minimize their effects, their negative impacts on our health. We do have the call-in line open today, and if you do have any questions, we will be taking questions. You can call in at 866-472-5787. Again, the call-in number will be 866-472-5787. I want to start by uh, once again uh, acknowledging our sponsors that make the show possible. Business and Quality Process Management, LLC, provides training and quality uh, services in the area of business management as well as quality management. And you can find them at www.bqpm.com. Secure Components is our, another of our platinum sponsors. Secure Components is the first company in the the first distribution company in the world to be certified to the International Electronic uh, Standards for Counterfeit Avoidance. Uh, counterfeit detection and avoidance of components. They are specialists in identifying and finding obsolete and hard-to-find components. You can find them at securecomponents.com We also have broad sponsors, uh, C-Trends, supply chain Specialist, www.ctrends.com Concord components at ww. ConcordComponents.com, and Aircraft, Airworthiness, and Sustainment Conference, which is an organization down in Australia. Uh, They can be found at www.agingaircraft.com.au, and aging is spelled with an E. I'd like to uh, take just a second. And as I said in our uh, opening comments, in my opening comments, we are launching a different, a little bit different style of a program. I have become acquainted with Dr. Sean Carpenter, a, uh, a gentleman and a scholar to say the least. Dr. Carpenter is a medical director of Wound Care Associates and chief medical officer of Heal Tech LLC. He's a board-certified emergency medicine physician uh, with expertise including program management and uh, telemedicine, in addition to his extensive clinical experience in emergency medicine. I want to jump right in here, actually. I have Dr. Carpenter with me, and uh, I want to welcome Dr. Carpenter. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Stan. Thanks for having me. It's a
2: pleasure to be here.
1: Uh, it's a significant uh, honor for me to have you on the show today. Um, getting started, once again, we do have open lines for call-ins. So as we go through the show, if anybody has any questions for the doctor, by all means, it's 866-472-5787. If you would, Dr. Carpenter, uh, give, uh, please Say a few words uh, relating to your experiences. A, a kind of say hello.
2: <laughs> hello, uh, it's uh, it, it's been a long road to uh, get to where I am. Specifically, sitting here with you, Stan, and uh, uh, you know, becoming a physician is a uh, is quite a long career. Uh, my kids will ask me uh, how many grades I finished, and I tell them i uh, I went through twenty fourth grade and so uh, I have kids that are in first grade and third grade and fourth grade, and they they think that uh, it's quite an uphill climb but uh, it's been uh, uh, quite a ride to get here but uh, now that I'm here in medicine uh, they call it a practice because uh, you never get to perfect it, so every day I learn something new and um, uh, you know it's uh, it's an ongoing adventure
1: um Thank you for that, yeah, that input. Um, I, I must admit I'm a bit tongue-tied to having you sitting next to me here in the uh, studio, so if you'll bear with me, I'll un- untie my tongue here. Um, I can also recall going through school and realizing or, or thinking to myself, hey, you know, i got 12 years. That's such a long time. And you're talking about 24.
2: Including residency, uh, that's that's 24 years of actual uh, organized education. And then, of course, when you get out in practice, patients teach you something new every day. Whether you want to learn it or not, every patient has uh, access to Google and uh, Wikipedia and uh, WebMD and so forth.
1: And I presume that uh, your children are, are understanding that they're 12 12- 20 years of schooling is just the beginning as well at this
2: point. Yeah, well, so far, none of, none of them have said they wanted to be a physician. I'd um, uh, have to really uh, uh, think long and hard uh, before recommending they, they take that uh, uphill <laughs> climb. But uh, it, it has been rewarding, and I think for anybody who uh, really has a passion for medicine, it's definitely a worthwhile career.
1: Well, on that note... If you would, for our audience, why, why did you become a physician?
2: Oh, that's a very good question. Um, you know, becoming a physician uh, is sort of a, uh, it's a stepwise process, and, and first, it starts with school, and, and uh, obviously you have to show a certain aptitude and, uh, and, and uh, success level in school and a certain level of intelligence. Uh, so that's sort of the first hurdle. And so uh, I got past that hurdle in school, and, and then you think, okay, I have all these facts in my head, and, and uh, I've developed an a, a intellect where I can analyze things and, and solve problems, and then you think, well, what, what can you apply it to? And then there's all sorts of things. Uh, you know, there's, there's law, there's business, um, uh, there's uh, uh, hardcore science, and, and then there's uh, clinical medicine. And uh, I guess... Growing up, I always watched my dad fix things, and he told me that life was about problem solving and I uh, wasn't too good at uh fixing the car or the plumbing <laughs> but uh, i had I had an, a knack for for fixing things wrong with the human body and an interest in it I should say and uh and then that led to uh, actually becoming a physician
1: just back to uh your your dad for a minute. Uh, as I recall, he was a scientist at GPL?
2: Uh, well, he actually was a two-star general in the Air Force, and he was uh, the proverbial uh, rocket scientist. He was a, um, a, a missile specialist, actually, a defense miss- missile specialist. and uh, But he worked on all forms of energy, um, liquefied natural gas, um, uh, he, nuclear energy. I mean, he, he worked on all forms of of energy and and he was an inventor at, at the same time i mean he he always came up with new uh... ways to solve a problem and that's something that i i watched as a kid and it kind of stuck with me
1: it's a little bit different than being a medical doctor a physician.
2: well you know <laughs> uh, as i tell my colleagues all the time you know what we do is in rocket science
1: yeah. okay Well, on that note you specialized in a particular field and perhaps you could share with with us Um, the reasons you chose to specialize in the particular field you're in?
2: Well, first I went to emergency medicine um, because it was exciting. It was sort of, uh, uh, when I was going through my training, sort of the top gun uh, situation where uh, there was always something new coming in the door. It was high adrenaline. Um, You know, I I come from the ADD era um, where it was just uh, one thing after another. And then when I saw the uh, the uh, level one trauma center at Charity Hospital in New Orleans and, and what was going on there, I mean, I just fell in love with it. Um, you know, gunshot wounds, uh, stab wounds, um, uh, every type of medical problem you can imagine. It just uh, it was it was just fascinating, and there was always something new coming through the door. So uh, that that really held my interest for a long time, and in the process of uh, becoming a board-certified emergency physician, I treated a lot of wounds. Uh, typically, they were started out as acute wounds, stab wounds, and so forth, and I I washed them out and sutured them up. But then uh, also started to see chronic wounds that uh, had been uh, e- existing for months to sometimes years, and uh, and those patients just didn't seem to have any uh, anybody to focus on those those skin lesions, and uh, so I became really interested in the the procedural aspect of healing wounds as well as um, the medicine aspect of of why does that wound exist? Uh, How did it get there and why hasn't it healed after two or three years? And uh, there was a certain satisfaction I found in solving that problem which was uh, closing a wound was something that uh, wasn't theoretical. It wasn't uh, fixing a blood pressure number um, or a blood sugar number. It was closing skin that otherwise was wide open and uh, was putting the patient at risk for infection, sepsis, and even death.
1: Is there something that particularly causes wounds? I understand what you're saying about the the long-term effects of wounds and wounds that don't heal. uh, Without talking in medical technology that I have no background in, um, I'm thinking about wounds that come from bed sores. I'm thinking about cuts that didn't get fixed right, or I'm sure there's other things that cause those types of wounds. Well,
2: wounds are really a, a symptom of a, of a larger problem. Um, you know, Typically, if you or I were to get a wound on our foot, uh, you, know, you put some Neosporin or a Band-Aid on it, and, and it'll heal. Um, but if, if you're a diabetic, you have an underlying problem that's preventing your wound from healing. Um, uh, same thing with, uh, pressure ulcers. If, if someone is bed bound or if they're wheelchair bound, um, uh, it's hard to beat gravity. Gravity is always pulling down on you and putting pressure on those pressure points on the, uh, the backs of the heels or, uh, on the, on the lower back and so forth. And so, um, wounds are always caused by something. There's always a reason that wound exists. And, uh, and our job uh, in wound medicine, which is really what I practice now, is to uh, track down the reason the wound is there and then solve the problem.
1: Interesting. So from the audience's point of view, and because the, the show that we have here has been tied to uh, hazardous substances, um, things the heavy metals, lead, mercury, cadmium, hexavalent chromates, uh, that type of of uh, chemistry if you will and knowing that those are toxic uh, to the human body as well as the counterfeiting aspects of what goes on today and when we say counterfeiting we're talking about fake, uh, fake products uh, IP that's been modified in some way or another and manufactured without the same controls and without going into ex- a lot of depth on that is there any relationship or is there something that ties back to those heavy metals having have any effect on rooms?
2: Well, you know, the heavy metal toxicity is something that we can see in the emergency room um, uh, more often. Um, you know, we'll see drug toxicity and, and uh, you know, more acute toxicity on drug overdoses and then uh, carbon monoxide poisoning and, and so forth. Um uh, you know, lead poisoning is, is more of a chronic uh, exposure. Um, from a wound healing point of view, the, the toxins that we deal with are actually, um, uh, for the example I gave for diabetes, I mean, the toxin in that scenario is, is a high blood sugar over a long period of time. I mean, you could say that the American diet um, uh, produces toxic levels of, of blood glucose. And uh, as a result, you end up with a, a much higher incidence of diabetes here in the U.S. than you do, say, in Asia or in other countries. Um, even generationally speaking, um, when uh, when people come from other countries to the U.S., all of a sudden the diabetes rate uh, skyrockets. So, you know, when you look at wound care uh, and 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 why wounds exist, you know, typically it uh, it's a it's, it's not the types of toxins that you would normally uh, think of when you think of toxic uh, substances. It's, it's more uh, uh, diabetes um, uh, causes a, a, a huge problem uh, of wounds in the United States, and it's a huge problem uh, that leads to amputations. It leads to high morbidity, high mortality, um, atherosclerosis, um, which obviously causes a lot of heart disease and heart attacks and is a, uh, what used to be the leading cause of, of death in the U.S., um, you know, now, you know, you look at wounds and you look at wounds of the lower extremity and that's caused by atherosclerosis, oftentimes of the, uh, or, or essentially blockage of the arteries leading down to the, the lower extremities. And so um, people end up with uh, uh, foot and leg amputations because of that as well. So, you know, when I think of, of toxicity in wound care, I'm thinking of more of your, I guess, what, what would be considered common um, uh, common reasons. Um, uh, it, it's not more of a environmental exposure per se from a wound care point of view. It's uh, usually going to be an ingestion, and it's going to be ingestion over a long period of time. You know, our cheeseburgers and french fries and so forth uh, lead to, to increased incidence of atherosclerosis, which leads to increased incidence of peripheral vascular disease, which then, of course, leads to uh, arterial wounds on the lower extremity. And then uh, you combine that with smoking, and if I were to think of really the number one toxin uh, uh, for the skin uh, would be a nicotine. Interesting. And so uh, what happens with nicotine is nicotine um, causes vasoconstriction or... Um, really shuts down the small blood vessels that lead to the skin. And anyone who's smoked for any period of time, anyone who knows that person, or even if you don't know that person, I can usually pick out a smoker in the emergency room from across the room because there's a type of skin that uh, you can tell by the sheen and the look of the skin that the patient has been a smoker. And the result of that is... Nicotine uh, vasoconstricts the blood vessel to the skin, therefore decreasing its ability to heal. And so um, smokers who uh, are are chronic long-term smokers are essentially ingesting a toxin um, that uh, uh, makes it very difficult to heal wounds. In fact, plastic surgeons, uh, many plastic surgeons will not operate on someone who smokes because of the poor results of the surgery because the skin has a very hard time healing. And so then I have patients who uh, who say, okay, Doc, well, look, I want to quit smoking and, and you're going to help me do it. And uh, let's do a nicotine patch. Well, <laughs> they're still getting the nicotine and they're still getting the vasoconstriction. So,
1: right, Still there. Yeah. We need to take a short break for radio station identification. We'll be right back. And when we come back, before I let you all go, I'm going to talk to uh, Dr. Carpenter about uh, his experience is actually a patient. We'll be right back.
0: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Does your company support U.S. government contracts? What have you done since May of 2014 to comply with the Department of Defense's DFARS requirements? These rules have changed the way all members of the supply chain procure electronic components and conduct business. Failure to comply can subject your organization to unquantifiable legal and financial liability. Visit securecomponents.com to learn how the first AS6081 certified company leverages this new standard to support your need for obsolete electronics. AOG, line down, current supplier cannot deliver, then call Secure Components. We specialize in sourcing hard-to-find and highly allocated electronic components, hardware, and military aerospace parts. We can locate and test your items to ensure you're getting authentic parts every time, and we can deliver when you need them. Our supply chain management consists of decades of experience and works with trusted sources to locate your products when you need them most. Go to securecomponents.com and tell us what you need today. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords and charging units to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products, yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191. BQPM.com. Together, we are working for your safety. Aging Aircraft Australia is a non-profit organization engaged in collaborative responses to sustainment challenges in Australia's fleets, challenges often shared with its U.S. allies. Aging Aircraft Australia runs the annual Aircraft Airworthiness and Sustainment Australia Conference, including its ongoing counterfeit avoidance campaign. More information can be found at www.agingaircraft.com.au forward slash AASC. That's aging with an E. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is People to People, working together for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to stan at stansalot.com. Again, that's stan at stansalott.com. Now, back to People to People.
1: Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. Our show today is Toxins and Our Bodies, Guide to Optimal Health. A recent study, as I mentioned earlier, by the Environmental Working Group, in conjunction with the Red Cross, con- conducted blood tests on umbilical cord of uh, babies. There, there was an average of 287 chemicals tested, uh, for, tested for in every specimen. These chemicals included toxic heavy metals, solvents, pesticides, herbicides, and industrial chemicals. Approximately 180 of these substances are cancer-causing, known to be cancer-causing. 217 are toxic to the brain in the nervous system, and 208 are known uh, to cause birth defects. Are you worried? No, so are we. In order to address this pressing concern, I'm starting this with this show, starting a series to explore the effects of toxins on our collective well-being. I'm joined today by, with uh, Dr. Sean Carpenter, uh, who is uh, a board-certified emergency physician, a two-time cancer survivor, and one hell of a nice guy, to be honest. I've gotten to know him over the last uh, eight months now, and I, I can't say enough for the things he does and what I've seen him doing. The telephone lines are open, 866-472-5787, and without further ado, I'm going to uh, say hello once again to Dr. Carpenter.
2: Hey, Stan. Great to be back.
1: And we certainly appreciate you taking the time. I know your schedule is uh, is jam-packed on a daily basis, as, as I've learned you leave the morning at uh, 4 or 5 o'clock and you get home sometimes very late in the, in the evening.
2: Absolutely. That's the life yeah. of a physician.
1: <laughs> well, I, I now know at least one of the reasons. Aside from just not having the aptitude for it, uh, uh, it's another reason I, I would never have done well as a physician. I'd mind. like to uh, explore a little bit of your personal story, if you don't mind. Uh, as I mentioned in the openings, you are a two-time cancer survivor. Um, how did th- how does that shape your approach to, to patient care?
2: Well, that's a that's a very good question. Um, you know, I actually uh, I was diagnosed with cancer when I was a resident. Um, I actually was pulled off of one of my ER shifts and uh, called into the pathology lab and, and told that I had uh, lymphoma and that I had to leave my shift and go down the street and uh, go to surgery. And so uh, it was a, a very shocking and traumatic event. Um, uh, and so having that happen so early in my career, in fact in the middle of my training, uh, really shaped how I treated patients um, uh, tremendously. I mean, uh, you know, when you're learning, it's all uh, sort of a us versus them mentality. It's, that's, that's why medical schools start the very first day of medical school started with a, a cadaver, uh, so that uh, you see the human body as as an other, as something to be studied and to, to learn, and not to have that emotional attachment to to look at it intellectually. So, um, you know, when when I became the patient. Um, uh, you know, it really uh, it was it was shocking it was devastating it was uh, something that uh, uh, I thought I was going to lose my career that I, I was going to have to drop out of residency you know, I basically be, became a human being, became a patient and so uh, I got chemotherapy I got radiation um, you know, went through the, the five stages of, of grief so to speak uh, it, you know, and, and then to the point where uh, uh, when you when you get to that point of acceptance and you say, okay, well, I have this, and uh, uh, then you uh, you have to say, okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna fight this, I'm gonna beat it. But also, I think the questions that don't get asked oftentimes because cancer patients are often seen as victims is, well, why did I get this? Did I do something to cause my own cancer? Is this my fault? Um, uh, you know, it's oftentimes Easy to blame cancer on genetics or uh, multifactorial causes, but uh, you know I really I I remember reading a book when I was getting chemotherapy, and and uh, I want to say it was a book by Doctor Segal. Um, uh, I could be wrong on that. I kind of had a little chemo brain from that period of time, and it's a little fuzzy. But uh, in the book, it said, uh, "Okay, you have cancer, and it's your fault, and it's your job to figure out why you got it." which was really a shocking uh, thing to read. Uh, you know, I'm supposed to be the victim and, and um, uh, nothing's my fault. It's, it's, it's some external cause. So um, in, in reading that and in looking at that, um, you know, my wife did a lot of research uh, and she wanted to know why did, why did this happen as well. And so uh, she did a lot of research into diet. And uh, she did a lot of research into dioxins and what causes uh, cancer. And and uh, I guess I have I have to give her credit. She said, "Okay, well, we're not eating meat meat anymore. We're not uh, going to have dairy anymore. Um, and uh, if there is something that we were doing um, that caused the cancer, then we're at least going to be proactive and using the best knowledge that we have." Uh, try to cut out any ca- cancer causing uh, toxins or substances or um, uh, foods that we could so that uh, I wasn't a victim anymore I was being more proactive and uh, you know really looking at steps to improve my life so that if I did survive the cancer, I would come out of it uh, healthier than ever and uh, and that was the goal so I really have to thank my wife um, uh, for that because she uh, as any married man will say, you know usually your wife is the one who determines the meals, and when there was no more meat and there was no more dairy um, uh it was kind of strange at first, um, but I understood why we were doing this um, right. that it was uh you know it it wouldn't be a hundred percent uh protective against getting cancer in the future and having a relapse, but at least we were doing something based upon some kind of scientific data that uh uh we at least knew we were we were trying to do something to prevent this from occurring
1: well, kudos kudos to her for keeping you on the straight and narrow i I get a chance to meet you that way oh yep. uh, is well, that, that that was that one of the two
2: well, yeah, so uh basically uh I was in my residency i I had to go on leave for half the year and uh... got my uh... chemotherapy and my radiation and um, and then from there uh... I, I was determined to graduate with my class so uh... i came back and uh... actually i was getting radiation while i was uh... back working in the er i'd actually leave my shift and walk across the street get my radiation treatment and then come back and finish my shift and then go home and pass out for twenty hours but um, uh, at that point, I thought, okay, well, you know, I've been through the, the worst, and uh, you know, glad I don't have to check that box anymore in life. I've had cancer, and now I'm I'm going to move on to a, a a better and healthier life. Uh, it was about, I guess, it was two years later, um, and it was a I think it was five days before Hurricane Katrina. Um, I uh, had a melanoma uh, that was discovered and uh, had that, had to have that surg- not only surgically removed but had to have several lymph nodes removed. Um, uh, it was very uh, uh, traumatic to have to go through that again. Um, and uh, I actually still had the surgical drains uh, were still um, in my body. Uh, and uh, I had an ER shift that had to work And then that's when Hurricane Katrina hit, and uh, I was actually uh, uh, helping to evacuate patients from New Orleans. Helicopters were landing in our parking lot, and I hadn't had my surgical drains taken out yet. I actually kind of forgot about them. And uh, that experience, while I was, uh, I don't want to say in self-pity, but it's amazing what happens when um, things happen to you. And... You're starting to think about yourself and your own mortality, but then when something bigger than you happens, such as Hurricane Katrina, where you're stuck in a hospital for a week and uh, there's limited power and limited communication and, and there are people dying in uh, uh, in New Orleans, uh, which is you know, only 26 miles away, uh, my focus went away from my own problem and went towards helping those people uh, evacuate uh, New Orleans. So um you know, I think really Katrina was a very traumatic experience for uh this state and for the city of New Orleans and the surrounding areas um, and and for me it was really was a reminder that uh you know the best best way to um, uh, get away from thinking about you and your own problems is to help somebody else and uh, I suppose that's what the practice of medicine really is is all about, and uh it's it's very uh gratifying so uh, luckily that cancer is, uh, has been, it's been 12 years. No, actually no, it's been 10 years, um, 12 years since the original cancer. Um, and, uh, I'm, I think I'm pretty much done with that diagnosis. I'm, i have checked that box twice and, uh, you know, uh, say my prayers and, and eat right and live healthy and, and hopefully won't we'll have to deal with that again.
1: We'll keep you on the radio show here, keep you healthy for the next 40 years and, uh, then we'll let you retire think about it. um obviously this has affected your life uh, in general i mean you've, you've gone through this twice you have explained a lot of pieces but from a lifestyle and a parenting point of view has the are there any parts to that that you think are affected by what you've gone through oh definitely
2: um all four of my kids are vegetarians, or as we say, fishetarians, because um, it's, it's pretty much impossible not to eat seafood in, in Southeast Louisiana.
1: That is true. Um,
2: yeah, I do worry sometimes that we—the only uh, meat source that we eat is, is seafood. So we eat a lot of fish and shrimp, and and then we had, of course, the um, Deepwater Horizon spill down here. Uh, you know, how contaminated are the uh, uh, is the seafood that we're eating? um but uh, you know other than than finch fish and, and crawfish and, and crab um and shrimp you know we basically are vegetarians and so you know my kids have grown up with that and they don't really know any different and i'm sure when they turn uh, whatever age um uh, 18 i suppose or whenever they get to that point it'll be their choice what they what they eat but during this this uh, crucial time of growth and and development, um, you know, my wife and I feel very uh, confident that we're at least giving our kids the best chance to grow up healthy. Um, It just seems like kids that uh, have the usual American diet end up with um, uh, so many problems as an adult. Clearly, there's something going on in America that causes more health problems. And whether it's, uh, you know, you can get out all the urban myths, and are they myths or not? Are cell phones, uh, do cell phones cause uh, cancer? You know, well, I got cancer before I even had a cell phone. Huh? Um, uh, do uh, Is it the fact that we all drink uh, uh, soft drinks uh, with aluminum cans? Um, the fact that with uh, dementia and Alzheimer's, there's some aluminum deposits in the brain. Why is that? Is it because of all these aluminum cans? Is it the, the plastic uh, water bottles that we all drink from? Uh, is it the uh, microwaved um, uh, plastic uh, dinners uh, which i I had a ton of in med school and residency right. now of course there's there have been a lot that's very controversial and and uh, uh, there's some data that says that that's not true and and you know but at the end of the day um, you just have to do what's best for your kids and not not having all the information and all the answers you just have to Think about, um, you know, how can I limit exposure to toxins? Uh, obviously, teaching your kids not to smoke. Um, you know, the big battle is uh, sugar, you know, um, refined sugars, um, simple simple carbohydrates. Uh, you know, you look around at a diet and it's just everywhere school lunches and so forth. Um, so, it, it, absolutely, it's affected the way that, that my wife and I have raised our kids. And, um, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, that'll lead to a, a long and healthy life for them as well.
1: Very good. We're going to take a short break from radio station identification again. We'll be right back with Dr. Carpenter and more discussion about uh, his life, the way things are going, and uh, where we're going in the future. We'll be right back. Don't go away.
0: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords and charging units to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products, yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191. BQPM.com. Together, we are working for your safety. The world has changed. You need a trusted supplier that mitigates risk at every stage of manufacturing. c utilizes provenance marking technologies to provide a unique security solution when addressing the challenges of supply chain security, item pedigree, brand protection, and theft. In these times of fraud and counterfeiting, customers depend on c for a higher level of trust and service when it comes to their supply chain needs. Visit our website at ctrends.com for more information. Aging Aircraft Australia is a non-profit organization engaged in collaborative responses to sustainment challenges in Australia's fleets. Challenges often shared with its U.S. allies. Aging Aircraft Australia runs the annual Aircraft Airworthiness and Sustainment Australia Conference, including its ongoing counterfeit avoidance campaign. More information can be found at www.agingaircraft.com.au forward slash AASC. That's aging with an E. Secure Components is proud to be the first independent distributor certified to the Department of Defense adopted AS6081 counterfeit avoidance standard. Our clients view us as partners in counterfeit avoidance because we share our source of supply. We have earned their trust to procure electronic and mechanical components, specifically when their requirements are obsolete or unavailable from authorized sources. Visit securecomponents.com today to learn why the largest aerospace, defense, and technology companies in the world partner with Secure Components the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com This is People to People working together for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to Stan at StanSalat.com Again, that's Stan at Stansalot.com. Now, back to People to People.
1: Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Dan Our show today is toxins and Our Bodies, Guide to Optimum Health. So we talked about it. We've been talking about uh, some recent studies that were done by the Environmental Working Group in conjunction with the Red Cross. Uh, conducted a blood tests on umbilical cords of babies, and surprisingly, or for some of us anyway, it's surprising there was an average of 287 chemicals tested for in every specimen. These chemicals included the toxic heavy metals of solvents, pesticides, herbicides, industrial chemicals. Approximately 180 of these substances being uh, cancer-causing, 217 are toxic to the brain and the nervous system, and 208 are known to cause birth defects. Uh, Is anybody worried? Well, we are for sure. I am sure, as you know. The radio show is all about people, helping people, and working together for improving our safety. And as part of this, I've started... uh, uh, what I hope to be a, an ongoing monthly show with Dr. Sean Carpenter. Dr. Carpenter is a board-certified emergency physician, uh, two-time cancer survivor, uh, one heck of a nice guy in addition to being one heck of a, a physician and, uh, and has specialized in uh, wound care management at levels that are uh, unique to what he's doing, I think. And we've been talking about that, um, really just getting, uh, getting to know a lot more about Dr. Carpenter. Uh, before I go on, I need to quickly mention our sponsors, uh, our platinum sponsors, Business and Quality Process Management, LLC. You can find them at bqpm.com. They specialize in helping companies put together their business and quality management systems for compliance to uh, federal drug administration regulations, the FDA, the FTC, the FAA, uh, and just general international standards. Also as a uh, platinum sponsor is Secure Components. Secure Components specializes in finding obsolete and hard-to-find components. For a number of different product types, they specialize uh, quite a bit in the military arena and helping find parts for our warfighter equipment. Uh, You can find them at securecomponents.com. They're also the first company in the world to be certified to the IEC, IECQ standards for detection and mitigation of counterfeits. Our uh, general sponsors, c Supply Chain Specialist at www.ctrends.com. Concord Components is another distributor, uh, supply chain uh, organization. They can be found at concordcomponents.com. And our good friends down under in Australia, the Aging, um, the Aircraft Airworthiness and Sustainment Conference folks, and you can find them at agingaircraft dot com dot au. You know that's aging with an e. Um, Dr. Carpenter, uh, I presume you're still with me on the show here. Absolutely, <laughs> great. Um, kind of wanted to pick up a little bit on where we had, had left off. We, uh, you were talking about the lifestyle changes, the uh, things that you've gone through, that your lovely wife has. Uh, kind of helped you do and uh, applaud once again applaud her for you know helping where help was needed I, I'm sure um, and, we, and you were talking if, if you don't mind uh, you were talking about the uh, some insights into the lifestyle changes that you might make uh, after you have battled cancer is, is there anything to add to that for the audience?
2: Well, you know diet is is key um, and and we were talking about uh you know really cutting out the uh the high carbohydrate diet that is so prevalent um, uh, in the American diet we've cut that out um, uh, our kids don't eat uh, uh meat um, and uh, uh nor do they have dairy, so you know really trying to cut out things that uh uh there's a, a chance of, of uh, long-term health effects uh, developing, developing these habits so young, um, the, you know, the long-term health effects and obviously you know red meat has a higher incidence of uh, colorectal cancer. There are, there are some uh, clear associations and then there's really as parents, you just kind of go with the best data that's out there, make your best guess um, and, and really hope that you're doing the best for your kids. So there's the diet aspect, but and also with kids, the hardest thing and, and really the, the, the thing that is really the toughest to battle right now is, is the electronics. Um, the sedentary lifestyle that uh, uh, iPads and, and Xboxes and all the, the, the video aspects of, of our culture. Um, you know, I look at, at how active I was as a kid. Um, And I look at how active my kids are, and and there's no comparison. I mean, I was uh, outdoors, running around, uh, full speed all day long. And I remember that, uh, you know, uh, in my neighborhood, uh, we knew it was time to break up the football game when all the parents uh, either rang the bell uh, down the street or uh, you could hear somebody's mom yelling down the street. And uh, that was it. I mean, I remember the day that Pong uh, arrived at my house. It was it was like the greatest day of my uh, my life up to that point. Uh, uh, the stupid video game. Um, uh, I, little did I know that you know that same scenario would be played out, uh, you know, many years later with my my kids. And so what I see is a high carbohydrate diet in America. I see um, uh, a lot of dairy. I see a lot of uh, processed meats um, with a lot of preservatives. And then you combine that with a a very sedentary lifestyle, um, and it really is a recipe for disaster. So, um, really, from from my point of view, after having survived cancer, obviously there are the genetic things uh, that you have right. to look out for, and and uh, and just keeping your your family aware of what you're susceptible to. There are more and more genetic tests available through the Human Genome Project, um, and so there's uh, there, there's better screening. Um and then on top of that it's diet and then and then lifestyle. And uh you know, you really almost have to have a uh uh an electronic break uh for the kids. Um and and that's a, that's a real struggle. So um and I look at the whole thing as sort of the perfect storm for uh uh unhealthy kids and, and I really just hope that that my wife and I can can steer our kids towards a, a healthy lifestyle as much as possible, uh, and, and I'm not even getting into the whole idea that you know cell phones, uh, radiation, and <laughs> and you know what are we going to find out in the future on that? And uh, you know, my ten year old just got a cell phone, and and we did it for safety reasons, um, and yet at the same time, uh, you know, are we developing a, a lifestyle pattern for her that uh, you know the cell phone is going to be always up against her? Her ear uh, for the rest of her life, and the longer she's exposed, the more chance she has of of uh, brain cancer and so forth. I mean, these are all, this is all data that's just now coming out, and you hear conflicting reports, and and you know it, it's uh, it's scary to be a parent nowadays.
1: Yeah, you know, I I understand that, and my background is uh, as you know has been on the electronic side and helping invent all that and create all that and. Uh, I date back a little before Pong, so from that standpoint, but um, it's all very interesting. Um, you know, it, it's been a great pleasure to have you on the show today. We're rapidly reaching that point of the end of the show, so um, if you don't mind, we've got just a, a minute or two left. Um, any closing comments before I uh, recognize our our wonderful staff that helps make the program happen.
2: Oh, first of all, Stan, thanks for having me. Uh, I I think it's important for uh, this dialogue uh, to be had in a a public manner. Um, I think that it's important to note that uh, uh, physicians and uh, the scientists that um, uh, are out there trying to improve uh, the health of our country and and our our world um, oftentimes are doing the best they can um, and oftentimes are focused on a narrow field. But uh, at the end of the day it's the it's the actual patient that is at risk here, and that no one is going to care more about your health than you are and the more knowledgeable you are about your health and your body and and the more proactive you are in in protecting yourself and and gaining the knowledge to live a healthy lifestyle, the better you're going to be because they're up until uh telemedicine really kicks in and you've got uh, doctors uh, appearing on your TV screen and checking on you every day, it's up to you and you really are the one that's responsible for you and your children. So um, as, as much as it, it pains me to say it, you know, uh, uh, with patients Googling and, and finding out all this information and scaring themselves half to death, um, knowledge really is power. And I think the more educated patients are, uh, the healthier they're going to be.
1: Right. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Carpenter, and again, it's a pleasure and uh, an honor to have you on the show, and I look forward to uh, convincing you to to do this on a more regular basis. Uh, We get uh, people calling in and asking tough questions and see what we can do to help them.
2: Absolutely. Thank you, Stan.
1: People to People, Working Together for Your Safety is dedicated to bringing people together to share knowledge and create a safer environment for us all. If you have a question, agree or disagree with the information we are sharing, send me an email with your comments or questions. You can do that at Stan at I've mentioned our sponsors, our platinum sponsors, BQPM and Secure Components, our bronze sponsors, Ctrends, trends Concord Components and Air, Aircraft, Airworthiness and Sustainment folks down in Australia. Show isn't possible without the great staff of uh, Voice America, and I'd like to once again recognize Randy Jackson, our general manager, Robert Cialdino, my executive producer, Randy Jackman, our production manager, and Jeffrey Gerstle, our director of uh, host services. I would be nowhere without Christina Clark, our people-to-people administration uh, coordinator, And Yulia Coach, Coach Branding and People to People Production Manager. As I sign sign off off today, today, I thank you for joining me on People to People Working Together for Your Safety. Remember, change only happens when people come together and work together. Your help in the fight against the proliferation of hazardous substances and counterfeiting of consumer products could save a life. Until next week, I'm your host, Sam Slot, wishing you a safe, and healthy life.
0: Thank you for listening. Please join host Stan Salat for next week's edition of People to People, working together for your safety. We'll have another show next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a safe, toxic, and counterfeit-free week. What do former Secretary of State Colin Powell, actress Jane Seymour, and professional skateboarder Tony Hawk have in common? They're all featured speakers at Sage Summit. Join us in New Orleans to learn what's next for small and mid-sized businesses like yours. Interact with dreamers and doers and get the story from industry disruptors and marketers.